You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. If the new guy is Kirk, then I'm the new Cisco. <laughs> Alan Seiler. You've been the new Cisco for at least two weeks longer than he's been the new Kirk. <laughs> and Veronica Daschle. I'm the new Dax. <laughs> oh, she broke her pattern. I know. Yeah, yeah keep I don't feel yeah. like the show can start unless you say, hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. You're we welcome. may proceed. Okay. Well, do we have any news this week, Alan? Well, we do have some news. We have a new casting announcement for Strange New Worlds, and we have a Kirk. It's a guy named Paul Wesley. He is most known for his appearances in things like The Vampire Diaries appearances. and um, the CBS show Tell Me a Story, which was from a couple of years ago um fallen he did american dreams and some other stuff everwood he was in everwood and i just found out today that he was in the guiding light i have lots of trivia about guiding light anyway um <laughs> so what do y'all think about our new kirk i think i've never seen any of those things he's in <laughs> Veronica, you're probably our resident vampire diaries expert yeah oh nice yeah. Oh, okay he was he was really good in that oh good uh, yeah i i enjoyed him a lot um the character he played in that is nothing like Kirk, but I can see him being a very good Kirk. Okay. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah. The, the minute I saw him, cause I've been expecting Kirk from the minute that they yeah. said, mm. I mean, for the minute we found out that Uhura and Mbenga and Chapel right. and Lon Nooney and Singer on the show, I was like, we're not going to make it long before Kirk. Shows up. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like, Kirk's yeah. a certainty. And it's one of those things kind of like with, you know, I talked before about my feelings about Uhura being a linguist. And it's one of those things is like, I just knew it was going to happen. And I yeah. mentally prepared myself and I'm not going to be upset about it. You know, I'm like, my, my preference would be that Kirk not show up and that it just be a, a Spock, Pike and number one show. 100%. But I mean, there's just too much. Um, I mean, they're already trending on Twitter because Kirk shows showing up a, a, a two years from now. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that's the way it works. That's the way yeah. television goes. Yeah. So it, we at least get a season mm -hmm. of our core group um, before we start bringing in the the, the big guns. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, as I've been saying, it's very much a possibility that he's just a guest star in one episode. Could be. Mm -hmm. You know, we it don't know. It didn't sound that. like he was there for very long. I hope yeah. that's it. Uh, yeah. you, you know, it, it may be that he and Pike never even cross paths. Mm -hmm. You know, Pike is on the ship and away team you know encounters kirk or something it does look like he is most likely on a different ship because he has a different insignia than the others do at least in mm -hmm. at least in one of the shots yeah, yeah. The, 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 the promo shot he has an enterprise delta on but he does there's, yes. there's some evidence out there that that's a photoshop thing which wouldn't be surprising for mm -hmm. a promotional exactly. photo you know they want to have exactly. kirk on the bridge with his starfleet delta on like normal yeah. but yeah those there's some some on location shots where he has a very different badge on, which yep. for one it's encouraging that other starships may have different badges, like on the original series. Exactly. Some, sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be that he's showing up for a guest appearance. It could be that he's reoccurring. I mean, we don't know yet, and I don't want to go too far down the the wild speculation nah. route. But I mean, it's possible that Anson Mount signed up for a year. Like we we don't know. Oh, yet. Don't, oh no, 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 we, <laughs> we can't have that. I, we don't know yet <laughs> what what the deal is. Well, I just want to say that our our wild speculations about Prodigy were eerily correct <laughs> in a lot of cases. So let's don't even talk about Pike not being on the show in a year. Right. Oh, that brings my heart to just be, be troubled. <laughs> anyway, so um, yesterday, um, our new Kirk, Mr. Wesley, posted a thing on Twitter, um, a photo of him and Shatner on a plane. And I just want to read this tweet really quickly because I think this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Quote, I am deeply humbled and still a little startled to have been given the honor of playing the inimitable James T. Kirk. Ever since I was a kid, I have been awed by the imaginative world Gene Roddenberry created. Recently, I boarded a flight to L.A. to discover that the man in the seat behind me was the one and only William Shatner, having himself just returned from space. I could barely put two words together, but ultimately I managed to say hello and we chatted. I'm not one to usually believe in fate, but this was more than a coincidence. And of course, I had to get a picture. So thanks, (laughs) Mr. Shatner, for the good company. And for seating us together, my thanks to the great bird in the sky. I can't wait for you all to see our Captain Kirk on your screens. I just think that's really neat. Yeah, that is adorable. Good. Yeah, that, that, that's just precious. Yeah, I really it, like how he got like fanboy over it a little bit briefly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you hear something like that. I think it helps to remember that these are people. And because yeah. some people, you know, some people attack them so viciously, like they almost mm-hmm. hate them. I don't want to see Kirk in the series, but I always try to remind myself. I think I think, Charles, you did a really good post yesterday about basically get deal with it. Get over it. It's going to happen. They're going <laughs> to change. Things. Even if, even in what's supposed to be the original timeline, they're changing a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm still not over section right. 31. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but that, but that hearing that tweet, uh, Alan, which I heard for the first time just now, it just oh. reminds you, these are, yeah, these are still people. And so always just cut them some slack. I'm probably not going to be a fan of Kirk's in there a lot, but it helps you temper this, like this almost anger and feeling of betrayal. Like they've destroyed something that's personal. And I think well, it's cool that he's so excited about it. And that's exactly. Cool and I like knowing you know, you you don't expect, I mean, these are jobs and you actors take right. jobs and you don't always expect that an actor is a fan of the thing that they're doing now. But to know that that yeah. this guy has a connection to that character before walking in the door, I think it's yeah. really cool. I do too. Yeah. And I'm going to get over the fact that, I mean, like Chris Pine is like three months older than me. And this is the first Captain Kirk who's younger than I am. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, time is the fire in which we burn. honey they've all been younger than me (laughs) that's not true shatner's not younger than me. i was about to say Mm. yeah i know i mean i'm i'm old but not that old yeah (laughs) i did see someone respond to the the paramount paramount plus had a tweet that was like you know paul wesley becomes the third actor to play captain kirk and i saw some people posting uh sandra smith tweets back at them so (laughs) i thought was cute (laughs) that is funny she played kirk in the in in the turnabout intruder right that's hilarious i think that's great hello that that. is great all right well um keith you have some this week in uh trek oh i'm sorry you had you had news i forgot yeah yeah okay so um we can tell why this is my news star trek wines um, 
<laughs> they are coming out with a Rhysian wine. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So um, from the looks of it, it looks like there's they have two bottles that you can vote on your favorite. So oh. you can choose which bottle you want. Ooh. Now, I'm going to say they are shaped the same, but it's like the sticker on it. It's the different. label is different. The label is different. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. So so you can choose the classic bottle from Star Trek Enterprise, Two Days and Two Nights, or the freshly minted Rhysian bottle from Star Trek Picard, season premiere. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, you can go to the Star Trek Wines page and vote on your favorite. I already did that. It is literally where the classic one is at 50% and the Picard one is at 49% hmm. when I voted. So, so did, did 1% like vote in like a, like, <laughs> I don't know. Or did they do a write-in? What, I, what's going I, on? I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's, it's like 50 point. That's good. That's, yeah. That's, I that's possible. <laughs> yeah. That's so, possible. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be negative about because the you know what most of what we tasted I liked, but I just want to say I hope this is better than the Windex they were peddling as Andorian <laughs> wine. So, they'll probably don't party on Andor. It. If it's rising wine, they'll probably package it in a gift pack with a Horgon to come with it. So hey. That would be nice. I mean, that they should. Cool. It should they, be in a yeah. Horgon shaped bottle. Maybe that's the one percent <laughs> they're, they're fighting for the Horgons. <laughs> Yeah, but that would be awesome. And Star Trek oh, wines, yes, if you're listening would. to this, that's what you need. Uh, to do. Yeah, or really anyone that's a glass maker, do that, and you will sell that. Yes, totally. Yeah, but it looks like this bottle is kind of like the generic Horizon wine, uh, like beaker bottle, not okay. beaker. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Beaker the Muppet. Thanks. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it's 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 bigger at the bottom and goes into a thin That's thing. Like a beaker. Yeah. Like a beaker. Yes, I, I get you. it. Okay. Like a genie bottle. Yeah. What I like to do one day, one day you could play a game where you take real life food right now that's not associated with track and then create a track food based on it. For example, I maybe I'm a minority. I adore spam. So I would love to take spam and turn it into some kind of Star Trek food for some alien. That'd be an interesting game to play someday. Okay. <laughs> that took a turn. Spam is a delicacy. Total sidebar from Keith. <laughs> yeah. Random. It could be, it could be uh, K rations. <laughs> okay. Well, Keith, did you have any This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, spam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, I, since we're, we got a, a crammed show, I just wanted to do one announcement I thought was kind of um, relevant. Um, since we're talking about legacy and we're talking about all these different Star Trek properties and all these new actors and movies and so forth, I thought this was pretty cool. On the 14th of March, 1967, after a lot of doubt and fear and worry and concern, NBC announced their new fall slate. And one of the things that was included was Star Trek season two. Yay! Yeah, yeah. that's and really cool. Yeah, and that's a big deal because there was a whole lot of doubt that that show was going to last even after season one. Yeah, as you guys know, there was a lot of turmoil going on behind the scenes with changes, and Gene Coon and Gene Rottenberry started battling, and Gene Coon was going to leave soon. And the uh, later on, Paramount was let's see, who was it? Desi Lu was bought by was it Paramount at that point? Yeah, was it Paramount who bought them? Um, Desilu was bought and the budget for every Star Trek episode fell by something on the order of like twenty to $30,000 mm -hmm. which was huge back in that time 
And so there was real doubt that the show was going to succeed. So I think it's really nice that they came back for a second season and then and probably for a third season. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. And probably started the tradition of Star Trek fans saying it's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> good point. And that's going on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break to put on a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about the third episode of season two of Star Trek Picard. So stay right there. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. What? Okay. I was trying to tell you funny, but I hadn't done yet. Okay. Well, yeah. Spoilers. If you didn't get that for um, Star Trek Picard episode, our uh, season two, episode three, assimilation. Assimilation. Is this the first Star Trek episode called assimilation? Yeah. How did yep. Voyager miss that? <laughs> That's like a perfect Voyager title. That's a good question. <laughs> They they were all about Dark Frontier and Unimatrix Zero and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I thought this was a fun episode. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a blast watching this episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was fast paced. It was fun. Um, there had a lot of things going on. I even liked the humor, which sometimes can feel a little forced, but a lot of the humor was pretty good. Um, it was weird when everybody beamed in and how they beamed in different place like reels almost get killed <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome that was yeah. awesome i was i was noting i've never yeah. seen that happen before and yeah. and i thought that was so cool i'm like how does it always know where the ground is <laughs> right well, it sure <laughs> that was great there. i loved it yeah i thought that was pretty funny yeah now i like how it went straight for rios's story you know that he's uh mm. a, a not not a man who was born in the um, united states of america and has no mm -hmm. identification or identity, yeah, you know, which is uh, can be a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous situation. Yes, to be in. yes, man. I thought that was so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought this was was fun all the way through. Um, I thought the characters were really good, and I just I'm I'm really liking the the crew, and it's it's funny but action packed. Yeah, so far so good. Totally agreed. I'm gonna say uh, the MVP. I'm going to say MVPs. There were two of them this week were Michelle Hurd. Okay. Because all that stuff about Elnor was so good mm. and she was just amazing and so intense. And I felt like the thing that happened to him had so much more weight because she just put everything into those scenes and mm -hmm. she was brilliant. And the other MVP of the night was Allison Pill. Mm. Oh my Those gosh, scenes yes. where she was in the assimilation scenes. Yes. Oh my gosh. She was so good. Yeah. She would just like change mood like in an instant. Mm -hmm. God, she was fantastic. Yeah. Whose hand? Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> yeah. And then their voices start coming out of the opposite bodies. Like, yeah. 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 That was, that was a lot of fun, man. She was good. But when she went through the, like, she's just talking to Picard and all of a sudden she's 
assimilated. And then she goes through the anger and then the, the, the loneliness and, oh, she was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job as well. I also agree. I thought Michelle Hurd did a good job. I didn't expect that with Eleanor. Mm-mm. No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I wasn't upset when Elnor died. If just Uh-oh. because, not not because I didn't like his character, but like he's clearly there in later shots that we've already seen. So Is something's he? gonna happen. Oh, I didn't even notice he's gonna that. Come back. Yeah. Well, I'm. I don't know huh. if he is or not, but my, my first thought was that, you know, you, you die on a time travel adventure. You got a good chance. Of, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying to reset the timeline. And I'm sure he'll be there when they get back. So I'm I not, 100% agree. Yeah. I'm not upset over Elnor, but I thought that it had a good, it, it added a lot of weight to it. Absolutely. Died. And it's this, uh, the scene between Michelle Hurd and um, Picard. It's the kind of scene we saw several times in season one that didn't resonate mm-hmm. for me as well when it's yes. someone yelling at Picard and telling him he sucks, you know, but but here, you know, she just died. I mean, not, I mean, she just died, but Elnor just died yeah. in her arms. He yeah. just he made the call to keep the Borg Queen alive. Yeah. And, and really at the expense of Elnor. And also they're in the middle of this Q and Picard game. I think it, it, it feels more justified to be like, what the crap, man? I 100% agree with that. And my first thought was, oh, my God, now we're back at season one again. But Mm -hmm. it made so much narrative sense. Mm -hmm. It I mean, both characters, they played so truthfully. Yeah, Um, I I thought it was so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking that I was I wrote down that she's being completely unfair to Picard. But of course, she doesn't understand because. When she said your game, you play with people's lives. He really does it. But of course, right now she can't hear that or even understand. Yeah. He's yeah. never wanted to play Q's games ever. No. No, that's, <laughs> that's true. Right. But yeah, she's grieving. Yeah. But he did make the decision to keep yes. the power to the board queen because they need her for the mission. Yeah. Other than rerouting it to sick bay. Right. Yeah. And I could see someone being upset that you you mm-hmm. you saved yeah. the power to save her. Come on. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was so good. It was such an honest scene, mm-hmm. so well written. Yeah, and mm. also I liked it because that you know that is a command decision. That's a mm-hmm. Picard yep. decision. That's a Kirk decision. Cisco, mm-hmm. a Janeway. He did what he had to do at that right. moment. Right. That's a hard thing to deal with when you face it. That's oh, yeah. that's ex- that's exactly the situation when Deanna took the commanders or the, the captain test and yeah. she's like and she finally realized the solution to this situation is to order someone to their death. Yeah. Yeah. That's command. Right. Yeah. You you do the mission. Absolutely. And and it's not like, you know, and I totally understand uh Rafi's anger and sorrow at this mm-hmm. situation, but but what didn't come out in this is that this is someone who Picard has known for the entirety of that boy's life. Yeah. This is someone who was a, oh, a an important person in Picard's past, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, for him to say, you know, I know what you're feeling. And she's like, oh, I, you don't even know anything. Of course he knows. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he, he knew Elnor when Elnor was a little tiny boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he felt guilt over leaving him and not coming back for him. Right. Yeah. So that was no like easy sacrifice for Picard to make. No. And also knowing El- Elnor, Elnor would have given his life to come down to it, given the code by which he lives. If he thought mm-hmm. that was going to save the future and save Earth, he would have given his life also, which, yeah, that's the way he's been. That's, raised. And I'm certain that Picard knew that that Elnor yeah. would say that. Like, why did you save me for the war queen who is going to be All the right. only one that could give us the information we need to mm-hmm. actually save the, the future yeah yeah right yeah yeah 
So good. Yeah, good. That was a good scene. Good emotional scene. I thought I started. It also started off with a really, really rollicking start with a fight on the ship, and then yeah. everybody shot with the phasers. <laughs> and... well, okay, so what right. I don't understand is they like burned a hole in Elnor, mm-hmm. but everyone else, when they grabbed their guns and didn't seem to change the setting, but they disintegrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why did Elmore not disintegrate? Right. Yeah, I, I did think though when that shoot was going on, it was um these Starfleet officers are just like murdering a lot of people. You know, like there's no stun <laughs> setting. Yeah. There's no like shoot them in the leg. It's the same thing. I thought the same thing last week when Elnor was like slitting those dudes' throats and stuff. Like you can't incapacitate these people. Like we're just gonna. I mean, we're the good guys still. We're murdering a lot of people. <laughs> but they know this is an alternate timeline, so whatever they do has no consequences because it's gonna get reset at the end of the season. I know, but. Still, I, I like for the to have Starfleet morals. I, I like Starfleet officers to knock people out and <laughs> leave them alive. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. And the only thing yeah. I was thinking was, as you said, I was thinking they were thinking this is like mowing down Nazis or stormtroopers. Yeah, well, yeah, another type of stormtroopers in Star Wars. And so maybe they didn't care because you're yeah. right, they were killing. And Veronica right about the phasers it, back in the original series, there would often be times like that where somebody would get shot with a phaser and they would just die and there wouldn't be a burn. And then sometimes somebody would get shot and they'd be. Con- completely disintegrated so i don't know like charles said writing <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and maybe those i mean i guess i don't know if maybe he got grazed or something i don't know i mean i, mm-hmm. I can i can see where their guns wouldn't have a stun setting and mm-hmm. but I, right I know, going straight to do like disintegrate is pretty extreme <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and I, I really enjoyed rios in the the clinic and yeah. Uh, yeah. the lady and her son, and I thought they're all very likable and personable, and they're really yeah. fun scenes to watch. Which is yeah. it's nice to get. You don't get a lot of little just sort of just little scenes like that in Star Trek anymore, like you used to. And the little boy, yeah, was so cute, <laughs> yeah, so sweet, yeah. yeah. And but it's so what I'm loving about this, and especially in, in this episode, is that all that stuff with Rios is basically playing into what we already saw in the DS9 episode, past tense. Uh huh which is set in roughly this time period. It's in the same year. It's in the same area. And you're seeing some of that stuff. Maybe it's the stuff that's like one step away from what mm. Cisco and Bashir experienced when they were there. But I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to see if this does. And if so, how it ties into that, because they have to address it in some way. They wouldn't have just picked 2024. Just, you know, yeah. Did you spot that sanctuary district sign in the background? Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm wouldn't it be amazing if they saw in a distance, like in a <laughs> not the actors, but like a trouble with trouble kind of way, Cisco and Bashir in like a <laughs> in like a crowd scene. Oh my gosh, I just got all excited. Yeah, I mean, or like, <laughs> or like Gabriel <laughs> Bell in the news as in the background of a scene or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That'd be kind of nice. Oh my gosh. I, I'd be happy with just one of those big clunky PCs that Dax was working on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah i think i think they're more at ease with the characters and i think they care of the characters there oh, yeah. because um uh, rios's rios's brand of humor felt a little forced and a little irritating to me in season one and it, it just feels more natural now like mm. except the whole thing at the clinic um he hasn't i don't know he hasn't seemed like he's been forcing it as much this time this mm. season as it was the first season and his natural sense of humor it just actually makes more sense it, it just seems more like 
the kind of person he is. So I, I enjoyed the whole clinic scene as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But also, you know, there was so much focus on the angst of every character in the first season. And particularly, yeah. I feel like especially Rios and uh, Rafi, they mm-hmm. were both like really broken, really mm-hmm. depressed, really, you know, just can't get their stuff together characters. And this season, they're both completely different. I know mm-hmm. that there's two years have passed between the, the two seasons, which I'm liking because we are seeing both of them really together and on top of their game. And I'm loving seeing uh, Rafi as a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, I think I, I just, I'm so into this season right now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's just fun. Yeah. And it's like a exactly. fun adventure it's, and it's entertaining to watch. Right. right. Yeah. You can have a fun adventure and it just be like a schlocky, you know, kind of thrown together and it's just there for fun, but this is actually fun, but really well written at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm loving it. And this new Borg tween is really cool. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> when she's coming on, like just, just crawling with her arms after Gerardi. Oh, that my was God. Creepy. That was so creepy. <laughs> And I love that scene at the end when Gerardi got the better of her and, you know, got yes. that information. And she's like, well, whatever she said something about you've impressed me. And it's just like, she's Ooh. like, you've done something very dangerous. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's a threat that you've impressed the board queen. Right. Man, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. And I like that she had to talk Picard and let her be halfway assimilated. Yeah. But he's just like, at first he's like, no, <laughs> that's a right. bad plan. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't catch it, but did they shield themselves in some way? It seemed like they just crashed into somewhere in California. Yeah, they did. And washed up on the beach and no one, no one saw them. No one detected them. So it, know looks, of so it looked like it was at his chateau. The chateau's in France. But okay. I mean, hey, yes, it could be. They have a transporter. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he said, yeah, he said home. Yeah, when right. he said home, I thought San Francisco. Because I wouldn't think the chateau is like near the ocean. I guess well, that's it could what be. it looked like. They landed in front of. Okay, maybe it might be. But I, I would, yeah. That's what. That's what. So I watched it with my friend Daniel, and that's what he said as they were going down, and they're like, "Where are we going to crash land?" And and Daniel was like, "They're going to do it on his family's chateau." And I was like, "Yeah, we'll see." And he's like, "Where are we going to land?" He says, "Home." And Daniel's but, like, "See, yeah, <laughs> it might be." Did I think they would have made like more where of it he was. It seemed like where he was staying, though, like at that point, yeah. wasn't the one in France. No, the Chateau's in France. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, because his mom said something about coming over from the continent. Well, she said from Paris. Okay. For some reason, I thought they were in England at that point, which explains why he is. No, the, the Picard family ch- uh, Chateau is in France for sure. But um. My my impression of what his mom had said was that like they had left Paris and come out to the country, it seemed like. And that's why they had come to the Chateau. Yeah. Um, because whatever issues that she was having, it's sort of like, a, like kind of an old fashioned kind of a story where uh, someone's having trouble and they move them out to the country. And, you know, right. Um, but I they, they were the, the Chateau is for sure uh, in Paris or in, oh, in yeah. France. And maybe they are there because that would be that would make sense. I, when he said home, I thought San Francisco. Because yeah. that's where Starfleet is, <laughs> you know, but that would make more sense tying it in with the Picard backstory, yeah. you know? Right. But it I, seems like I, they would have been more explicit with it. Maybe. If that were the case. Yeah. So I have no idea. I figured having the the, the chateau in the background, like the building. I didn't see the sh- I didn't notice the, the, the chateau either. Okay. I was looking at the spaceship. Keith, did you see it? Or was I just imagining <laughs> things? I didn't see it either. I just saw the <laughs> spaceship. There you go, Veronica. <laughs> 
I was imagining but, things. Speaking Not- of La Serena, though, did you notice? Um, and I, this hasn't come up yet on the podcast, but they don't have the Bon Jovi paint scheme anymore. Yes, I did notice that. Yeah, I figured it's not Bon Jovi, by the way. It's Van Halen. Oh, it was Van Halen. You're <laughs> right about that. <laughs> 80s. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, any more thoughts about Picard? It was great. I like it. Yeah, it was good. It was it was very entertaining. It was just kind of a rollicking, fun adventure ride today. And there's nothing wrong with that because we still don't know a whole bunch about the mystery. But yeah. that was okay. And I think the one thing we're all noticing is that all the characters are better this season. They mm-hmm. just seem more natural. Yeah. Some of their tendencies don't grate on my nerves as much <laughs> as they did last yeah. time. And that's good. I was to say that uh, I didn't enjoy this one as much as the first two. But that's mm-hmm. not because this was a bad episode. It's just that the first two were so incredible yeah. mm-hmm. that this one just cannot stack up to that. But it's still a superb episode in its own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. And there are a group of characters now that I want to go on an adventure with. Yes, which absolutely. I, I never really got to in season one. You know, mm-hmm. nope, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Agreed. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break to promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. So stay right there. We have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. We got big interviews. Super rad music. What proud members of the ESO Network? Yeah, they're probably going to fire us. I wouldn't blame them. We've got jokes. Adult jokes. And nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. All the woke nerd junk. Find Thunder Talk on the internet. And the ESO Network. Ta-da! <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're still in spoiler territory and now talking about the season finale of Star Trek Discovery season four. Um, well, what do you think? They wrap things up very, very nicely with a neat little bow. Well, they wrap things <laughs> up very quickly. Um, so yeah. uh, I just was thinking, Charles, I hope you're I hope you were satisfied by this because. You you got your big weird tentacle monsters like you that's, were hoping for. That's so. what I wanted. That's all I wanted. There you <laughs> so, go. They were there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I mean, we've been talking about the pacing issues for like a month now, but yeah. I mean, but like we said, it's the 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 last like four episodes have felt like it's dragging, yeah. and then it's it's rushing through the finale. Yeah. You know, and I felt like they were having to take shortcuts in the finale to like last week, they could communicate with the 10C like a word at a time, like send them, oh, the, boy. Send them the concept you. of whatever. And now it's like they're just delivering speeches. Right. I, so, I, so he, that too. I was like, so she's like, uh, Saru, translate for this for me. And he starts like <laughs> typing and she's like, goes off on this elaborate paragraph with concepts that you couldn't possibly represent in mathematical <laughs> equations. And I was like, mathematical oh, equations and, and those and emotional feelings. Yeah. yeah oh my God. Yeah. I wrote that too. I wrote, he said all that because she said it's because we're one, but we're individuals and we love and we marry and we love our children. And we and cherish we, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like two plus two equals four. <laughs> Uh, they're typing like we good no kill (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So that was a little oh, obvious. And then even when uh, when uh, Burnham in a really emotional scene, she started saying book was her one and he lost yeah. this and blah, blah, blah. They went on and on. And yeah, I kept thinking they go, uh, OK, he's dead. And it'd be funny if that's all Saroon type. He's dead. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was one thing that jumped out at me. And I, I mean, I wish that we could have gotten to the Cincy a lot earlier in the season and had more mm-hmm. time to develop this and the communication. And yeah, 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 they real quick convinced them to stop this mining program that they need for survival. That they need it for survival or they're now trying to say protection. that they were just protection. Because, yeah. you know, he said that they, they basically said, how, how will we protect ourselves? Right. So but all that- this because they're scared. It seems that way. I mean, their 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 previous planet is no more. Yeah, yeah. And they had encased themselves in that big, you know, shroudy thing. Yeah. Um. So it would have been nice if we had gotten to this resolution two episodes ago, and the rest of the season was spent with like building a relationship and helping them to come up with a new way of protecting themselves if they mm-hmm. if they still feel they the need to be protected. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and to develop something between these this this very very different people mm-hmm. but you know i guess that doesn't make good television no yeah. but i feel like you could have gotten uh, you know through the the steps of communicating with them over the stretch of us so i would rather watch that as yeah. a plot to the season than um uh, than this talk of malarkey <laughs> this, this talarkey <laughs> right i 100 percent agree with you yeah uh, yeah, yeah so i did feel that um Dovetailing what you said about Tarka, it's so funny. I did feel that Tarka and Book and this show were more what we probably all expected and wanted them to be. Yeah. Because instead of all that weirdness of Book, can't you tell that Tarka is nuts? Now all the you know the last the angst and the sorrow and the self depth the self deprecation, all that stuff that Tarka was came out now. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking that was the character frankly they probably could have built something better around earlier yeah. than all the, the the subterfuge and then here we go again book finally does what they all did what we all said which now book talks to them and it's, it's like it's like now that book and that tarka is what i think they should have been earlier on i would have preferred if tarka was whatever crazed and evil and driven and after the white whale earlier and they could have mm-hmm. worked around that then that yeah. whole thing with book book really looks kind of kind of an idiot. I mean, I hate to say that because I know he's grief stricken. Yeah, boy. <laughs> there's there's a grief stricken, and then I feel like there's a just blatantly ignoring. Yeah, signs mm-hmm. in front of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah. Well, I mean, I think he had his own bit of tunnel vision because he wanted revenge yeah. for what happened to his people, and he was, as you say, grief stricken because of what happened to his family members. And I think that he was so like focused on the end goal that he wasn't really looking at what was going on around him. He just wanted the goal. Yeah. I mean, I could buy that for a couple of episodes, but we're about five episodes now. He's been palling around with this guy. Yeah. yeah. At least five. I don't even know. Like after that first time when they, when he blew it up, even though he was like, no, let's stand down. And th- at that point yeah. he should have been like, okay, well, there should have been a turn earlier when, when <laughs> I mean, that, that first episode when they're working together and Tarka fires the, quantum torpedoes at the discovery the book should have said oh no he's got control and i've gotten into something and then you have several episodes of book trying to work against him yeah and maybe tarka has control of the ship something like that where you don't you feel like he's realized that he's made a mistake by pairing up with this guy and but now maybe it's not so easy to get control of the ship back from this weird super genius right yeah yeah Yeah, sounds good yeah i have a feeling i had a thought that the whole 
pissing off the TNC and stuff probably never would have happened if they had somehow had Jet assigned with them from the start. Because like 30 minutes in, she would have said something like, you know, I think this guy's nuts. And she she wouldn't have trusted him from like day one. She'd go make a sandwich and make sure he could never take over the ship. (laughs) Well, speaking of sandwich, I just want to say that. uh, Okay. Cards on the table. I was not a fan of this episode. The best part of the episode was the jet scenes. Okay, first of all, she's one of my favorite characters. But secondly, she she had that great moment where she's talking about if you get to this place where you're trying to go, these people that you're looking for aren't really there. Mm-hmm. That may be a simulation of those people. That they're not really there. They may want their sandwiches cut the same way that your your people <laughs> wanted their sandwich, but it's not them. Yeah. And it's and that was the best scene of the whole episode. Mm. I really, also, I really like that scene. Oh well. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. like your sandwiches cut diagonally? No. They taste better that way. They no. do. They <laughs> don't. Well, I, I also I thought it was I thought it was an interesting scene because that does bring up that that you know that eternal kind of sci-fi concept, which is if a loved one dies, and it's been in movies like the one with Jet Li, if a loved one dies and you could go to an absolute parallel universe, is it really the same person? Mm-hmm. And as nope. long as you know does it matter to you? Right. If you could clone a person and transfer. Well, if you could clone a person, would it? It's the same thing. So I did. Yeah. Right. I, I like that. Hmm? Yeah. They, there's so. a Black Mirror episode about that. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And that one, it's a, like a robot. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they did on DS9 back when Jennifer Cisco came over from the Mirror Universe. Exactly. Right. Touched on those, those, those kind of themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like Tarka better. And I like book better because a lot of that pretense and all that weird stuff was gone. At least yep. they were what they were. So I like them. And I think I was telling Alan before you guys came back, I, I like I objectively like the show, but I also realized I like it relative to the rest of the season also. And that's mm-hmm. coloring in some ways how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 I, I like the I like the show. I like the season. Um, and I like this episode. But like I said, the, the, the biggest problem for me has been with the pacing where there was yeah. just a stretch where the, the episodes where I should be ramping up for the finale yeah. and yeah. it's just dragging for me. And yeah. then now, then now yeah. I'm picking holes in the storyline of the finale because they're having to rush through it and skip over things. So speaking of rushing through it, did anyone notice everyone in the first like 15 minutes was moving really fast in the background and everything was just like. Yes, they were running and all over the place and jumping and. But they were the movement wasn't just fast. It was like they pressed fast forward and had the actors talk like this. So when I didn't notice it like that, and that's what it looked like. It was so weird. Maybe (laughs) it could be some weird film trick they're doing or something. That's what I was saying. I I didn't pick up on that at all. I did notice though that those flames shoot out of the bridge when they get (laughs) shot with things. Oh my like, god! We used to laugh because of all the weird stuff that falls down from the ceiling and sparks come out, but now literal <laughs> jets yeah. of flame shoot out of the walls of the bridge. Yeah, it's so staged. That same it's, spot every time. It's, it is so theatrical. It's so yeah. dumb. It, it's so like a dumb. theme park ride. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Ooh, it's ooh, so controlled. Indiana Jones it ride. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I was gonna say it's like the Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah, it totally is. It's so. It's so bad. Yeah. They they try they're trying so hard they're spending so much money yeah. yeah so okay here's here's my problem with this with this episode okay. um be, it, it's basically the way that the story resolves 
we've had two seasons in a row now where the quote unquote big bad, because they're not really a big bad, was actually just someone who didn't mean to hurt anybody. And, you know, they're really, really sorry. And now that we've helped them to understand what's going on, they are so sad and they're never going to do it again. And that just drives me bonkers. Because I just don't, first of all, because it's repetitive, because we just did that last season, but at least, so there's not a real, there's a threat, but there's not like a, an opponent, you right. know what I mean? There's no intentional threat. And at least last season, that was counterbalanced with the Emerald Chain stuff. Right. Until that was kicked out of the window and the, like the next to the last episode or whatever it was. But that, that carried some you know, real anxiety to it. I don't feel anything about this situation, mm -hmm. about the 10C who are these big, you know, unrelatable things yeah. that sent their lawnmower to mow our yard and, and it like mowed our house instead. And, mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. It just doesn't mean anything. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I like that. I think more than like a big space battle at the end. Yeah. But I mean, you're it, we don't have a dominion, though. Like there's no antagonist right. like that that we can get engaged with. Like right. we would get engaged with Wei Yun and Ducat and the founders and so forth. Back We I always use DS9 as like a gold standard because it is. But <laughs> correct. <laughs> I like the idea of you of this like weird, like a, a, a race that's so far bigger than us that yeah. the threat is that they're going to accidentally step on us, not realizing that we're sentient. And I think right. that's cool in trying to contact them. I don't know that the execution worked for me all the way through, mm -hmm. right. but um, I mean, I, I like that. I mean, I, I like that better than just having a big space fleet at the end. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not necessarily talking about a big space fleet, but at the yeah. same time we had season three was basically the same. It was one guy who yeah. was upset about his mother dying Right. And he didn't mean to hurt other people and cause this big, this thing, you know, and I just feel like that's a nice trick to play once, right? But you oh, can't yeah. do it twice in a row and you can't base an entire season on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. And yeah. I do wish that there was another antagonist that you could really get engaged yeah. with. Like, yeah. like we've had in the past. Yeah. Um, but there's not. <laughs> that, right. I mean, that's that's one thing the new Star Trek's really haven't done. There's not really a new Klingons or new Borg or new correct D Dominion. You know what I mean? Like the closest thing we have is the Diviner, and he made it half a season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and even the Emerald Jane didn't really stack up to be. Yeah, that or much. I mean, the, and that could have been developed into something really cool. Well, uh, when you are battling to rebuild the Federation in the face of this thing that wants to take it away from you, that could have been your story. Yeah, not the not the explosion of antimatter or whatever that I mean, we didn't need all that. Yeah. Well, and, I, and then the sad little boy whose mother died. I mean, come on. I mean, I like I like to call and I thought Osira second to last episode last year became a really interesting character. And I would have loved agreed to see them continue building on that. But they yeah, agreed. They didn't. You know, she got sort of what kicked off a ledge or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like in Darkling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just to tie all our recent episodes back together all right you're so quiet keith i'm really deep in thought which is great to do on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry to disturb you <laughs> yeah. no because um I, I 
I, I'm feeling the same way. I think a couple of weeks ago, I asked the question, which was incredibly obvious, which was, you know, a lot of people criticize these, this, this series for being too touchy-feely, too, uh, way too much exposition, um, hugging and crying too much. Mm. And I think I said something to the thing of, is this kind of what they want this to be, a show where they really talk about emotions? Mm-hmm. And I think what Alan was saying just then about the fact that there was no antagonist it's not it's not necessarily wrong, but it's as if the the showrunners are really trying to avoid that thing where people are truly just quote unquote bad. Mm-hmm. Almost like everybody, not only do they have a motivation for doing bad things, but as you're saying, Alan, the people who do the worst bad things aren't even really bad. We don't just get a true antagonist who's kind of old school. I just want to rule the galaxy or something like right. that. Right. Um, and that's fine. I don't mind them yeah. not going that route. But yeah, but it's, I, I think that's kind of what I felt because even at the end, it was cool. But when Michael went on and on and basically said, basically what she said was stronger together. We can accomplish anything together. And it did feel like, I'm not even saying it was bad, but it felt very obvious that their goal of this show, at least in the last two seasons, is to basically say, understanding is everything. Working together is everything. No one is truly evil. And that's fine because in some ways that's what Gene said. But Gene also gave a straight up antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I like it when people do bad things and they have good reasons for doing bad things. I yeah. think that's so much more interesting than and so much more compelling than the big un, uh, you know, un-understandable thing that didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I like that as a sci-fi story, though. And I, 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 I like that they tried that. Um, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about the high ground um, just recently mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm both sides had a point of view and both sides were right. relatable and both sides could have been the hero of the story. And you can right. do that with an ongoing antagonist. You know, I think that if they had kept mm-hmm. Osira alive and continue to develop her, that right. I think that that could have, I mean, she could have been like a Ducat eventually, you know, I was just going to yeah. say the same thing. Look what mm-hmm. they did with Ducat, yeah. especially over the last four seasons and the last two yeah. seasons, particularly Mm-hmm. You can do that and make your antagonist a real person and an interesting person and a layered person. Yeah, but they—that's something they, they just don't do on the new Star Trek. So they don't—they don't keep the bad guys alive. But the bad guys always die. I mean, if Ducat right. had died after twelve episodes, we wouldn't right. be talking about him right now. You know, no. No, yeah. and like true. who is that? Yeah, or right. if they or if they kept Wayun dead, they realized they made a mistake and Wayun kept coming <laughs> back alive. You know, like oh, <laughs> we should have killed him. <laughs> And I, and I think I think that's a very good point about the, how the bad, how the, the antagonists, the true bad guys, don't stay around. And it just really shows they're not interested in that kind of story. Mm. And I exactly I sometimes kind of miss. I just don't. I just think they're just not interested in telling. Exactly, that kind of story. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that they they don't think of these shows in that same way. No, right. Well, and part of it's just the format of needing a new fifteen yeah. episode story every year, or thirteen episode story, or whatever. Yeah. And then when it's over, it's just like, well, that's resolved, whether it's resolved or not. You saw that yeah. at the end of yeah. Picard season one. You saw that at the end of this episode where it's just yeah. like, all right, wrap everything up. We're out of episodes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I'm yeah. Have a big hug. yeah. And I truly feel that since the 10C, as you guys are saying, they're not antagonists like the Romulans, the Klingons, the um, Dominion, the, the um, gosh, why am I blanking? Who are the who are the uh, founders enemies? I should know this. The the, the so-called evil prophets. Oh, Not the, the, founders, anyway, the, oh, the, the prophets. Yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think since we didn't have something like that and a through line like that, I think that given what the 10 C was and what the motivations were, what happened, I really when it ended, I really thought, man, this could have been a tight six episode arc. 
not a 13th episode. Yeah. Arc. Well, like Alan uh, said that earlier a few weeks yeah. ago that if they'd have got right. to the 10 C halfway through the season, and then you have halfway yeah. through the season, the rest of the half of the season to develop it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, as we're talking, I'm thinking like, what if Osira had lived and the Emerald Chan and Osira were involved in this storyline as well as mm-hmm. right. And, and then you have Lorca mm-hmm. and then you have Osira and you continue developing that. And then you get to the end of this season and it, it carries forward with the 10 C now involved and you're building and building yeah. storylines together. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just not the kind of show that they're interested in doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let me, let me share with you a couple of other frustrations that I have about this. <laughs> okay. First of all, book doesn't go to jail. Book gets sent off to help refugees. Mm-hmm. Community service. Yep. No, no. <laughs> the stuff that he did was so egregious. Yeah. You cannot send somebody like that. Not somebody like him, but someone who has taken those actions to just help people. And that's his penance. There's uh, the got to be consequences. The president basically said his, he did the wrong thing for the right reason. So I don't care. You. <laughs> and to serve. be fair, Lorca was the one who actually did Tarka. Tark. I was gonna say, oh, not Lorca. Oh, boy, you just <laughs> threw me. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. Lorca it, was the one that did the right. actions. Book didn't it's not Lorca. It's not do Lorca. anything. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, sure, sure, but uh, I don't know. I just, oh, it just book was right there with them the whole time. Thank you know, you. like, yeah, I mean, and, and they're in book ship, like, and right. then book showed him how to sneak on a discovery. You know, like, right. I mean, and it and it seems like there's not going to be any consequences for the for the Earth delegate either. The general for Indoye, yeah, yeah, Indoye, now, yeah. Book did get more consequences than Girardi got after season one of Picard. <laughs> well, she didn't even get community sure. service. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, when Book leaving it, it made me think of that time that Cassidy Yates went off to jail for a few months just so she can come back on the show. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, hey, great. you know, I, right. Right, I'm I'm going to go pay my. Uh, you know, serve my time. I'll be, I'll be back next season. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, but Alan, remember that uh, Stacey Abrams did tell the general that something to the effect that don't do that again. <laughs> Stacey, don't do that again. <laughs> God. <laughs> I just robbed all the banks in Atlanta. Don't do that don't again. Do that again. <laughs> Stupid. Well, what do we think about Stacey Abrams showing up? That, that blew awesome. my flipping mind. <laughs> that, I had yes. no idea. That took me a second. My brain is like, I recognize her face. Like, why? Me too. Like, what Star Trek character is this? Like, <laughs> it's out of context. <laughs> I knew her immediately. And I yeah. was like, is that really her? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's her. Uh, that was, oh, that was, was something. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, all fine. <laughs> that's, that's pretty yeah. much it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad I saw it early this morning, so I didn't get spoiled. Oh, right. on that. That's exactly what I said. Like, oh, that's gonna be all over Twitter all day. I'm glad yeah, I didn't. I didn't. She'll be finally. Pro- she'll be finally able to talk about it. Yeah, right. It's 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 a little silly seeing Stacey Abrams <laughs> as the president of Earth, but I mean, she's not the first celebrity to cameo in Star Trek, and you know, I, I expect it's gonna piss off a certain segment of fan of the fan base exactly the lights exactly. yeah, so that's fine and, and you know what maybe now maybe listen fox news will me, find out and there'll be the new <laughs> the new eminem controversy you'll be stacy abrams on star trek <laughs> president of earth she's pretending funny, to be the president funny it happens while she's campaigning for governor yes, of our, yes. This is so maybe this is part want. of her campaign <laughs> <laughs> look at this you may as well put me governor i will eventually rule earth right <laughs> liberal so, conspiracy what? <laughs> was there because I think overall we all kind of are either indifferent to or it said it's okay or dislike it. 
Was there any like specific moment that stood out for you if, if the entire episode didn't? Was there like a scene or a moment that that was pretty good? I love those big weird aliens. Yeah. I'm on board with yeah. them. And I yeah. and I don't hate this episode. I thought that they yeah. they had to rush it because they yeah. took their time the last four episodes. But, but it felt so slow to <sighs> me. It, and, and I just don't yeah. think it needed to be 60 minutes. Yeah. I don't it, know. It is. I will say it's not as entertaining as Picard is. <laughs> You know, no, it's not okay. as entertaining to watch, you know, no, but um, yeah, but I mean, I, I like the big, weird aliens. I like Jet yeah. Reno anytime she's on on the screen. You know it. I remember, man, I remember I watched it this morning, but um, I know Stamets and Adira were doing something, but now I don't remember what they were even doing. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I know <laughs> they were trying to get out of something. Yeah. The ship was trying to get out of the something or another. They were they were working and, for a way the bus out of the out and of they the had team. to. Destroy oh, their oh. spore drive to do it. Right. That's right. Make, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see if they can. They'll have to rebuild that with the new spore drive stuff that they're working on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I let think, me tell you the other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Keith. Okay. I was going to say, I think a scene that actually did resonate with me finally was Tarko's farewell or mm-hmm. his swan song. I actually like that. But again, that goes back to I really wish Tarka had been more that character than the character where pretty much every week we were like, book, the guy's crazy or the guy's the guy's desperate. Yeah. I actually like that scene. And I got to say, um, Saru and his love. Interest. Yes. That, I thought that was so sweet. They, like they that. always have little sweet dates when giving her a plant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but now that you just said that, we're never going to know if Oros made it to that other universe or not. Nope. After all That's this, after all that, I can't even get a shot of Oros just like, Nope. Being happy. Nope. Yeah. And that yeah. right. <laughs> so, okay. So. so speaking of the end, sorry, Alan, I'm just going to be really quick. Cause you, you know, my quicker. conversations don't go That's very okay. long. Was anyone like surprised? Like when, when book didn't materialize and there was, was anyone else thinking, Oh no, he's going to come back. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. That had no emotional. No, none at all. At all. No. Either. Yeah. No, that was silly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I because we watched that first and then we watched Picard. Me too. And and so I when when Elnor died, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, he's coming back later. I mean, he's probably gonna come back at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's what they just <laughs> <Right>. said earlier. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure. It was the season finale, and yeah, you and all the things that happened to him this season. I mean, I, I, I could have seen a situation where he died. And so, I mean, I, I, I can't say I was shocked when he, when he reappeared or anything like that. No, you know, yeah. I, yeah I, I didn't immediately assume that he was going to reappear. Cause I mean, they really, um, yeah, had a big scene with Michael over it too. Yeah. They really yeah. sold it. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, did. I, yeah. I didn't know and, for sure. If he was going to come back. I'm going to say once again, that Sonequa is just amazing. Yes. I love everything that she does on this yeah. show. Yes. Okay, so here's my other things. All right. So uh, first of all, let's see. Where should I? Okay, well, we get Tilly and the cadets. Oh, yeah. We we totally expected to see Tilly in the last episode, but I didn't really expect to see the cadets again. That was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Um, And and, and the uh, Starfleet HQ can go to warp. Yeah, you know, kind of weird seeing that big warping by. At first, I was like, "What is split in the pieces?" This the big corkscrew. Yeah, and also warp looks so weird now. I was like, I didn't know for sure it was a warp at first, (laughs) you know, because it takes a second to because the special effects different for warp in every show now. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) 
So when you're talking about Book's death, the one part of the episode that I got super excited about and like sat up from the couch was when they decided that the only way they can stop uh, Book and Tarko is to literally take a shuttle and just plow into them and <laughs> blow their ship up. I know and, where you're going. <laughs> and Michael, Michael's like doing the thing. And then she, her eyes cut over to Detmer station. And I'm like, oh my God. And so you think, oh my God, is, is, is Kayla going to get her big hero moment? Are yeah. they going to kill her off? Like all these different permutations. How is this going to work? Like went through my head in a split second. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And then they immediately pulled the rug out from under it. <laughs> and Indoye said, oh, I'll go. And I'm like, you better step back and give Kayla her moment. You know what? Okay. So the other thing, and this drives me bananas because we talked about this. It was like, um, it had to be a month ago when we had the episode where we had the com two conversations between Reese and Bryce, where one of them was on the Federation side and the other one was on the book side. And, and Reese was basically, you know, why aren't we listening to book? Why aren't we, you know, planning a, a, an assault and this kind of thing. And had they play, and you, as we said at that time, that wasn't going to go anywhere. Had they played on that in some way, they could have fed that into this episode where when uh, they had that conversation where uh, uh, Burnham is like someone vented that plasma plasma doesn't just vent itself someone did that who could it be and you could have had that moment of doubt mm. was it reese <laughs> and that could have been so interesting like everyone on the bridge turns to look at reese right <laughs> <laughs> but i mean had you had you yeah. sowed that that little kernel of doubt mm -hmm. In the subsequent episodes from that first conversation, you could have had something really interesting happen in this last episode until Ndoye steps up and says, it was me. Mm. I thought she did that too quickly. And I thought you could have done some interesting stuff with Breeze. Yeah. And I just think that was such a waste to have that conversation a month ago and not do squat with it. Mm. Well, and I think and I think what they kept doing with all those characters, recently the other characters, they kept doing the whole "we're all together, we're one." Because even this episode, Michael's pretty much like they all need to see it. And then later on, someone uh, the Stamets and them said, "Why aren't you?" Uh, he asked Paul, "Why aren't you?" Well, he asked him. He, Stamets asked him, "Why wasn't he down with everyone else?" And I actually rewound it and thought, "Well, when he says everyone else, did, did like Michael being the whole ship down to watch this, but it was just the command crew, yeah. so it was still that whole thing like we're all together." So I think they went in that direction. This whole we're one, you know, that we're all one, and I love you all kind of thing. Another thing that you said, Alan Bavendoye, which to your um, to your comment also, which kind of threw me. When it was all this big sacrifice, I thought she was going to hit their ship and like blow up or something like that, yeah. but she bounced off. And then she came back and I mean, she hit it, but I was expecting her to hit it because the way they had set it up, it was almost I thought that the only way she's going to be able to stop them was to crash into it and maybe blow up and sacrifice herself. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what, she, that was the intention. Yeah, but she bounced off and then she lived. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, Keith. <laughs> I just, I just thought they were selling a death seed, and I didn't yeah. realize yeah. she was right. going to get away. I, right. I really did. Oh. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the scene where Tarina mind melded with the Ten C. Oh, yeah, true. yeah. True. That's that is a point where I felt it was too rushed. I thought mm. that happened way too quickly and easily. Yeah. yeah, 
But I thought her it's scene a really cool was, scene. Yeah. was very good, and she was wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I, like that. Why did we think you know, of that? Spock would have yes. done that. <laughs> I think that's why it was, it was a kitchen sink episode, and I thought the same yeah. thing, which is that should have been <laughs> that should have been another thing they thought about. You know, yeah, because I think they were throwing everything at this thing. Pretty much. Yeah, and I thought you should have had held that in abeyance several weeks ago just in case, but at the last minute she did it, and it kind of that also threw me just a little bit. So yeah, it was it was some good moments, but they did feel rushed, mm-hmm. and I'm. But I think the actors being good saved it in a lot of ways, and the fact that it was a little more action. Yeah, yeah. I and that, I, and I, thought, I thought I thought it was fun. I mean, yeah, I've got my criticisms, but um, I'm just so happy that it's it was big weird aliens all along, and it wasn't like <laughs> the Klingons or something, you know? Yeah. No, I'm 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 there with you on that. Yeah. Like some humans who had gone off into the future or some weird thing and mutated, and they were the, our children and all that kind of weird thing. I was thinking all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. I, th- I didn't come up with that one. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had mentioned that a month ago. Well, actually, actually, I'm glad you didn't because <laughs> that would have worried me a lot. But I, I just, you know, the first half of the season, I was really enjoying this a lot. Yeah. And yeah. then it hit that point where it just sort of like grinds to a halt, which mm-hmm. was four, five weeks ago. And as I said, then, and throughout that whole period, as long as the payoff works, then I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just didn't feel, I, this just left me empty. I just didn't feel any, mm. any satisfying payoff in this. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, so sorry, Michelle Paradise, that I didn't like your episode. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I didn't like yeah. it, and I mm-hmm. and I think if I if I I'm I'm this is something I'm gonna have to think about over the next few weeks and months. But I am coming to the conclusion. I hate to say I don't think I love Discovery yeah. as a property. And right, it's a horrible. I mean, it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to love everything. But exactly I am right. Coming, yeah, I don't think I love Discovery as a property because it's these these little beats that we're talking about. Um, yeah. It's not even that I dislike it. I never will. I just don't think I love it. As you're saying, Alan, overall, I like this episode, but I think overall, I am not really connecting. Like any Star Trek I've ever watched, I can like think about episodes and this awesome scene and the music right. and the battle scene and a speech or something. And I can't do that with Discovery. And, yeah. and that means things just aren't staying with me like other things yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so it's enjoyable, but I'm not loving it. Right. That has been me up until about a month ago. Mm. and i just haven't i, I just, this has just left me behind i just don't mm. it's just not worked for me mm. and i hate to say that yeah because mm. uh, you know i i kind of feel like you know and, and this comes from running a doctor who convention for 16 years and being on staff at dragon con for 20 years or whatever it was when you're in that position and you're representing a fandom basically you're representing a I don't work for the BBC, but I felt like I was sort of a representative. I feel like I have to support everything. I don't have to like everything, but I Mm -hmm. feel like I have to support it because somebody in your audience, you know, if it's an episode that you don't like and you trash it, well, that person in the audience does like it. Mm -hmm. And so professionally, you know, quote unquote professionally, I always try to support everything on the show and speak evenly, you know, supportively of everything personally there are episodes that I did not like and have a huge <laughs> amount of trouble with. And so I, I feel very conflicted about not enjoying this season mm. or at least the wrap up of this season. You yeah. know, like, I feel like I'm not like I'm not being the supportive 
Paramount Plus guy that I should be. Well, well I don't think any of us are obliga- ob- obligated to be cheerleaders know, for the show. You know, I know. Like no, no one likes everything. I know, you know but I, I think we're we're overall we're a pretty positive podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think we're honest True. too. I mean, we don't. Yeah, not right. all of us like like you guys love Enterprise for whatever reason. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I, 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 but when we talk about an Enterprise episode, I try to find the good things that. I think work for me about it. Then I try to be honest about what well, doesn't work. And I think we can mm-hmm. do the same thing with discovery. I mean, I've sure, been very sure. up and down with discovery since it started. Yeah. So Veronica could tell you yeah. um, from, <laughs> from loving it and writing like books about it on Facebook to refusing to watch it the next week because Throwing of what the happened remote at the TV. Not quite. I, I needed my TV, <laughs> but right. <laughs> Towards the wall. Season three is my favorite season of Discovery so far. And this one didn't match yeah. it, but I think this one comes in behind season three. But I still like this one better than season one and two. Um, yeah. and I like yeah. that they're trying for something yeah. big and weird and sci-fi, like like mm-hmm. literary sci-fi that you couldn't have done before. Right. I don't think they got there. I think that uh the pacing was was a bit screwed up, and I don't know what the reason is for that. Um yeah. I, I I was really enjoying the season all the way up through that boxing episode. I thought boxing episode was exactly great. that's yeah. that, that that's was the turning point, point for me. Yeah, yeah and then totally. and then there was just like a stretch of like four weeks where I'm just getting through it every week. Like, come on, right? And then you right. rush through the finale. So there's there's pros and cons to it. I'm 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 curious to see how it'll play differently like if i was to just binge watch it one day yeah where I'd, i'm not waiting week to week to see exactly like so the talker thing doesn't last for two months <laughs> you know <laughs> right and i and i will also say that if anybody if this is the first episode of ours that you're listening to and you think oh my god they're just awful about discovery go back and listen to our last episode where we raved about the next of the last episode yeah yeah so yeah and and honestly i really really loved that penultimate episode, which I think is why I felt so disappointed by this one, you know, because I felt like we had a, like a a month slump and then we hit last week and it was like this, this rocket that just took off. And then it was like sputtered at the end. (laughs) Exploded. Exploded. (laughs) It it didn't. I I liked it, but yeah, no, I know. Veronica, what were were your overall thoughts? I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed this episode of discovery more than some of the others that have mm. been going on the season yeah good excellent i support that <laughs> uh any more thoughts about that no yeah one last quick thought does anybody <laughs> have but well, i thought does anybody have any because now you do the fan thing is there anybody have anything like what you want them to do for the next season yes i want an actual enemy to fight i want a mm. threat yeah. i want something that actually means something there you go. But it's not the end of the universe. Yeah. No, I don't need that nonsense. That's silly. No, but uh, it will be. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would have loved a big sci-fi story like this one. Like I said, if like the Emerald Chain was also there, yeah, right? And we're having to fight them to save the things yes. that we also want to convince not to destroy us. Yes, you know, like, exactly. Um, I, I would love a good like like a recurring at- antagonist, right? You know, like um, like duet was playing. Was it last night on our TV? We mm. watched DS Nine before we go to sleep. And I mean, if you don't, ha- if you didn't have the Cardassians and the and the Bajorans, yeah. then that episode doesn't work. But because yeah. you have that history, it, it does work. And I, I wish we had some ongoing races that we could see and develop relationships with, and good, bad, whatever. Yeah. And just that's what works about Star Trek because you just keep coming back, keep coming back, and it gives you time to develop these storylines. But if you just cut it off after thirteen episodes every season, then you don't have that, right. you know. So I, I would love 
um, to pick up on some some threads. I would love to find out what happened to the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Where the flipping Klingons? Yeah, at me too. In the thirty second century. Me too. You know, I don't want them to be the big bad, but I would like to find out what happened to them. Right, right. Maybe Michael makes it her mission to um, bring the Klingons back into the Federation. Maybe, or maybe the Klingons because have evolved and they're the super peaceful the and interesting. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're smooth headed again. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it just goes back and forth with those guys. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'd like to see some kind of interstellar war where, like you said, it's not something that's the end of the galaxy, but maybe um, two species that go to war, maybe that threatens the Federation and they have to mm. kind of start going back on really building the galaxy exactly. back and have some higher stakes. I would love yeah. to see something like that. You could have things where Michael and the crew end up going behind enemy lines, as it were. Uh, yep. I would love to see something like that. I also want to see Gray. What the what the flip happened to Gray? They, they made this big deal about Gray. Oh, yeah. And like God. before the season even started, they're talking about Gray and Gray's uh, doing press conferences. And there's articles right. about Gray, and then it's a big part of the season. And then it's like, well, that's done. Bye, Gray. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like Gray. Well, I want, I want Gray to have a storyline. Where the frick is Gray? Yeah. <laughs> All right, you, Veronica. What do you want to see in the next season? What would you think of that you'd like? Ferengi. <laughs> oh, we had a Ferengi bartender. I know. Isn't that, that funny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They, it was in Starfleet uniform, right. but you know. Right. Yeah. Must be a descendant of Quark. <laughs> Maybe. Ooh, no, it's a descendant of Nog. Stupid, stupid, goofy comment. Do y'all remember the Voyager episode Living Witness? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I was no. just thinking. Uh, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one, Veronica, where what it found out is 700 years after the events of Voyager. The doctor is revived on this planet, and it turns out, oh, remember yes. that? Well, yes, and he was in a museum. Yes. Well, it was, I, I had a thought because I watched that again the other night. And I had a thought. Well, if he was on that planet for 700 years, and then he hung out and became their medical, their chief medical officer, or whatever, for several years, and then he took a shuttle and said he wanted to go back home, wouldn't it be funny if he showed up in the Discovery timeline and he just got back yes. to the quadrant? Yeah. yeah. I would <laughs> love that. Awesome. I would, yeah, I'm here I for it. Go for that. Let's have it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, the original could still be alive, too, because he doesn't necessarily have a, a time limit. Exactly. Anyway. I just want a scene where he and and Jet Reno try to outsmart ass each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man, that would be. Yes, oh, boy. You could cut that with a knife. That would be amazing. See those two <laughs> go at each other. <laughs> All right. So next week, we're taking the week off. Thank goodness. <laughs> Veronica and I are fleeing the country, and I'm not sure what these two guys are doing. But um, if you missed our live stream, it's still up. You can still watch it on our Facebook or the audio from our live stream where we celebrated the 60th episode of our show. And we talked about the 60th episode of each of the Star Trek series that made it that far. That'll go out on our stream uh, next week uh, in place of the regular podcast. So you still have us to listen to because you can't get enough of that. And then uh, assuming Veronica and I don't get lost at sea, we'll be back the, the following week to, to catch up with what's going on with Picard. Right on. All right, Al, where can people find more of you on the internet? Well, I have another podcast, which you heard a little ad for early in this episode called Modern Musicology. And we dissect uh, different aspects and different topics of music from the 70s, 80s, 90s, the aughts, occasionally the 60s. Um, The most recent episode we've released is us naming our favorite opening tracks. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So. Take a listen to that. And also, I've got a little publishing company where I write Doctor Who books called CosmicPress.com. K-O-Z-M-I-C Press.com. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. 
And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. And you made a little announcement on our live stream that you... Yes. You, did you want to make that announcement on the podcast as well? Yeah. Yay. So um, Chick and I and one of our buddies, Elaine Sweatman, um, have started a monkeys podcast called Monkeying Around. We have recorded our first two episodes. Um, and when you're hearing this, this uh, our first episode may be coming out later that same week. Let's so... Fingers crossed. Look out for monkeying around. Yeah. If you like the monkeys or if you like comedy or if you like 60s music or if you just want to hear Veronica host a podcast and see what that sounds like. <laughs> I'm the host. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> check out monkeying around. Right on. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Veronica. Um, do you have a closing for us this week? Yes. Kakwoni Ekwan. Good job. Very good. Good job. Oh, you're you actually prepared. Yes. I, I know. I texted. I, I, I was. So for those of you listening, I was running late because I was trying to fast forward to that moment and I kept passing it. And I finally oh, got to funny. it after getting in front of it. And then I let it play for 10 minutes. Um, and <laughs> I, I listened to it and then I typed it out and I texted it to Chuck. So I had it on my phone. <laughs> Good job. Well wow. You guys proud of me? That was a tale well told. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know. Fans want to know. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.